Hi, Karl Heinz. Uh, I think it's Hi. pronounced perfectly, right? Your name. Karl Heinz is correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This was just a joke because usually I have more trouble to pronouncing the names. So now the most interesting question: What was your first computer? Oh my gosh, um, that was um, a PET 2001 in in elementary school, something like that. We are. I don't exactly the, ner the term Realschule was called in, in that time. Okay. And that was a one of the first computers in um, in Germany, which you can really use. It was really programmed in basic and had a tape in there to mess storage, something like that. Yeah. But but but, but it, it was a, a Commodore base, right? No? Y yeah, that was Commodore, Commodore base. Yeah, I Commodore think... PET 2001. Yeah, exactly. I think I had it later. I just got it, you know, uh, years later, just for fun from someone. And uh, I, I, I programmed some stuff, but it was like o almost 2000. So I got, you know, or, or I don't know, no, not 2000. It was uh, 1992. I got, you know, a used one ju just for fun from someone. And I plugged yeah, into the TV set back then and, and hacked some basic, what I remember. And uh, and uh, it was not C64, it was PAT. So, uh, yeah. There was no no plugin for the TV because it had its own monitor. And it was, then it was something different. Then it was not yeah. PET. Then it was C16 or something. It was worse than the yeah. Commodore. There was uh, yeah uh -huh. uh, the the WIC 20 or something. Yeah, exactly, the, exactly. This was, this. was this was my that was that was the one. Yeah, okay. exactly. That was a few years ago. I I can't remember exactly the date, but it was 1980 something. A little bit earlier, maybe. No, no, sure, sure. But as you know, someone wanted to throw away the uh, the Commodore, it was a Commodore, and then the new, and this was, I think the Vic 20, you're right. And uh, and yeah. and this is what I had to plug into the V set, is what I remember. Okay. Yeah, exactly. What you did with the PET first? Played games? What was your first action with uh, the computer? No. No, no uh, that was a course in, in, the, in the school with mathematics. Mathematics, and we had a supplemental course where we like to learn some programming with very basic, really basic in that time, um, basic stuff, how to write a, a small programs in, in basic language and things like that. But there was a student of, of a university who held the course, and later on then we learned mm, there are some limitations and basic things like that, and started to program in assembly language in 6502. Mm-hmm. And you oh, enjoyed that? that? Oh, you enjoyed that, or at that time, yes, it was amazing to learn that and how to get that things working and trying to figure out how to work that with the registers into into the tunnel memory and things. Because at that time you have a very limited memory. At that time, uh, that was four kilobytes or something like that. And mm -hmm. that starting point, and that was very limited, of course. But that, that was the first steps, which were really amazing on on, on that time. Yeah. Okay, so what you did. Then with the computer, do have you got one uh, at home, or what was the you know the trajectory? Uh, no, that that no that t took a long longer time because uh, at the beginning I can't afford that because it's too cost too much money for for my my parents and for mm -hmm. myself. And I started with uh, as I started with my uh, studying at the university, oh. and oh, earned yes, there was some time between that and started then. I started to program there as well as a student assistant on, on, on uh, some institutes on, on, on the university in there. And then the time become that we have these Commodores, uh, CBM 40, 32, 60, 80 something. 
and that's becoming more and more interesting. And because I got some jobs be because of my knowledge of the assembly language there at that time, we are really programming in assembly language. I do some welding stuff uh, with some, some actuator, which is doing some welding for chip sections, something like that. That was very interesting doing that really in assembly language and learned how to do that. You did it during, time, your, during your university time. Yeah, I started during university time. I started in 1984 at the university. Uh, and before, um, before, and between, you know, the Realschule and the university, something happened then. So, I mean, had, could you, you program or or just, you know? Yeah, I started with uh, some some different steps. I started with Realschule, then then got to the Fachoberschule to get my degree for sure. the university. But, but you used computer or you just to you know? Yes, we, we used the computer as well. In the in the Fachoberschule, I had the same opportunity because there was a teacher okay. and supporting people are interesting for math cars and things like that. I learned a lot about that. And when, when we started to use the CBM Commodore uh, 43 at the beginning and then going over to 80-something, I don't know, remember the, the names exactly, and continued to working on that with writing some basic programs, more assembly language, more complicated stuff, things like that, that's going a little bit more larger over the time. And based on that experience I had already, I started with a, a supplemental uh, job as a student at the beginning of my university career there. And uh, then we started to write things for a com Commodore One PCB created stuff with which was created on the on the university institute as far as i know and that was a little bit more has a little bit more memory the, the, the megahertz was increased a little bit i, I think so I but, but interesting story so, so you used the computers between you know the, your youth in the university exclusively at schools so you, yeah exactly yeah. That, that's interesting story because uh, you had to go to the school you know to have fun With computer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, and after the, the, the at the beginning of my my university career, I had uh, enough money to buy my own first computer, my own. And that was a C64. Yeah. Ah, okay, of course. Yeah, yeah, sure. That, but that was the usual time. But then that you installed your first game, right, on on this computer. Uh, to be honest, I never really going into games. To be honest, I really do some play some games, but but very seldom. Yeah, but to but, be honest. I also was not into games, but what interests me, how the games were made, you know, they look nice, uh, yeah. the, 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 the sound. So yeah. I was just, uh, just, just to know how it looks like. And that is enough. I would like to see how it works, uh, how it behaves. And then, yeah, I was a little bit different at, at that time because yes, games were interesting, but I used them a very little, at the, to be honest, but I learned over the time that I can do more interesting stuff for Uh, the industry to analyze things, how to work there, and how to get a computer really doing really, really stuff there. For example, I had some job of, at the time of the university, do some these plastic things, how they created, for example, if you have a back which is created, for example, uh, and this uh, extruder mesh machines, if I correctly remember the term, And how to do that, and that that had been blown up by by air, mm -hmm. and there were some um, sensors out there, and in a triangle, and how to analyze that, how large that is, that circle, and things like that, and learned how to work with the math and um, measure the things mm -hmm. and change the things and make regulations and on that and things like that. And I had the combination between the math I learned in university, mm -hmm. something like. Uh, 
the, the measurement and the controlling of these flu flows and things like that. And then to implement that into assembly language or C language on, on a computer to get that working and make a regulation um, to get blowing up a little bit more and to get it more thinner, uh, oil, things like that, get it more thinner, or a little bit thicker, something like that. That was very interesting. To be honest, I never tried to program games or something like that. No, I didn't. I also didn't. I knew that it's impossible for me to program a successful game, but <laughs> I, I was just curious to know how they look like, how they feel like, and uh, just how, what is the installation process, how this looks, what is the graphic. This interests me as a software, and like a different world, right? Because you could, you could, uh, yeah. But um, interesting. Yeah. So, and at the university, you started with assembly. What happened then? So you, you stick, you know, with low level. Uh, I was writing beginning during uh, my assistant job as a student. I worked with assembly language all the time, all the all the time during my study. But it, at, at university, I started also a supplemental job with uh, starting to getting into assembly language at that time with an Intel 8080, 8085, things like that, and programmed on that area and written some mathematical routines like multiplication, dividing, things like that. Also did during my studying job writing some floating point algorithms in assembly language because we had some real hard times based on runtime because performance and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we've written really our floating point library on our own. So that was really a hard time so, to so, understand. So, so, how so you that like works. you like math? Or was it just, you know, the necessary uh, evil? To be to be honest, it was a kind of a kind of a little bit evil at that time because okay. you know at the university oh my math math exam okay i don't like it yes yeah, exactly. of course i exactly. get it but but i see it was for me very interesting to see the the theoretical part here on the other hand you had seen what the practical part is where you need it for example mm -hmm. that was really interesting um to see the combination, which I always missed in the, in the during the university, that not really someone showed um, how to make that practical usable. Only mm -hmm. oh, you, you can think theoretical things, for example, matrix multiplication or things like that, or product or things like that. But never, no one really showed you how to get that into a real practical area and how to work with that. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing for me during my studying assistants that, that I had also with robots, working with uh, robots, things like that, to get a migration from a theoretical world coordinate system into something real on into a computer, into a robot and, and, and programming that and how that works or mm -hmm. get something in later times was, I can't, I can't remember, that was something Turbo Pascal or something like yeah, that okay. mm -hmm. and implemented that for um, a user interface with 3D rotation, things like that, and transformation. And then you learned, oh, there's a matrix multiplication dot product. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that, how that works, and things like that. Mm -hmm. that. That was, for me, very interesting and see um, that it shows the, the connection between these theoretical and the practical. That was, for, yeah. for me, very interesting, yeah. It's also more fun, you know, to learn stuff. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Definitely, it was was more fun in that way. Yeah. So, and what happened next? So, you did the Turbo Pascal. What was the next language? Oh yeah, let me think about that. That, that was Turbo Pascal a longer time. That was Object Pascal with Borland, and then we started to have started to writing something in my studying as also with C, C plus plus something like that. Um, written 
several parts in C, C++ in many parts, different, different, uh, setups. That was how that was called C++ from Boland. I don't know, Turbo, Turbo C, if I correctly the name mm-hmm. a long time ago. And then we, we started to write some, some C code for reg, um, measurement and things like that in different way. And that was that time where I started to work on, on C, C++ a longer time yet. Okay. And what did it still, that, still, you know, is, uh, always connection to industry, right? Always low level hacking or what was it? Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Most of the time it was more or less to, and you worked yeah. for one company or what, what, you were a freelancer? Different, different. No, at, at that time I was just as a student assistant working all, all over the time during my, okay. my university. Oh, incredible. So, so, so you have a uh, lot yeah. of uh, practical experience during your study. Yeah. To be honest, I have to say, I have studied part-time and worked full-time. And yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit... This was the hardest the- time of my life, actually. I did the same. So I, I was really glad that this, that this study is over because I, I worked actually full-time and this study happened, you know... Uh, I, but I really wanted to, to finish my study uh, just for principles. Like, I have to do this. But uh, I, this was over. I was like, oh, okay, perfect. Now I only have to work, right? This was... <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, and that the, the the switch between really from from university to real job was not that big for me at that time because yeah. of the of the experience during working as as, as a student, um, and that was very very exciting for me based on my experience I had during the, the, the time there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was something uh, C. Then I started on a company where we did some uh, visualization of information of a GPS thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Or uh, things like, if I correctly remember, there was sometimes a network, it's called, I don't know the name, which is transferring data through a channel of ISDN or something like that okay. a long time ago. Uh, and then we used that to visualize some locations of um, cars and, and things like that. That was uh, with the uh, fire department's relationship with things like that. To see, okay, the, the the fire department car is at that point here, and there is starting a emergency call because there is getting up some fire. So, mm-hmm. how the connection, how long will it take? Which is the nearest car and things like that, mm-hmm. which has to be depositioned. De- 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 which which should which car should um, look for, drive to that location, which is easier. Get some information, and there was some. Uh, an onboard unit which transferred some data. Where are you at the moment with the GPS coordinates? And then you have a really uh, a map on on the screen, and you you can see where the the cars are at the at the location of the town, for example, things like that. That was interesting to implement. That that was done with uh, Delphi at that time. Okay, that was that was really interesting and things I learned a lot about how that works. Uh, that was interesting. Yeah. Okay, and. Uh... What happened then? So you were bored with Delphi or everything worked as expected and you wanted to have a new challenge? <laughs> uh, to be honest, at the beginning, we started with Visual Basic at that time okay. um, and, and learned over the time it's simply too slow because at that time, Visual Basic was really inter- interpreted mm-hmm. and that was absolutely too slow. And then we changed to Delphi and Implemented the same way, and it's but much force faster because mm-hmm. it's really compiled language and very fast compi- compiler, and, and also the execution is very fast and was much easier to implement some some ways because it's more a, an object model in a way because 
you have a, a, an interface and implementation, things like that, a little bit like C++ in some ways, but that was interesting to see that and it works very good. And that was over a time, two years or something. And mm -hmm. after that time, um, I got uh, to get in my diploma thesis uh, mm -hmm. over the time, and that was to implement uh, a real um, new language from scratch because there had some some language which was intended to describe and and control some handhelding machines like that where you can implement that. The problem with that old language, which already existed, which was the foundation of everything, was because it was limited in memory. They had only implemented that in assembly language and the, the memory li limitations are a problem, things like that. And um, compatibly with different platforms, mm -hmm. different processes, something like that. And that was my my thesis to work on to create a complete language from scratch mm -hmm. with definition in Bakersnauer form and things like that. Implement a reference implementation with that time in mm -hmm. Aflex Bison, if I correctly remember, a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And then wrote my thesis with Latesh and things like that. And, and that was very amazing to learn how things work, how a compiler really works. And then I have to implement that on my own with reference implementation and then implement it in, on my own in C, mm -hmm. because really based on the memory limitations, we had only maximum 128 kilobyte of RAM or something like that to implement a complete running thing. And from the perspective at that time, uh, it was a kind of a way to implement that with, <clears throat> how's that called? Um, Perl is doing that, if I correctly remember. TC, TC, No, no, really Perl. I was really okay. talking about Perl because the interpretation, it makes a special way of implementing that mm -hmm. and how the, the language is implemented and the runtime is implemented on, on the time because it's compiling on the fly before it really starts. Ah, I had compilation, right? It's something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Time ahead, time ahead compilation, and that transfers, translates something into called tokens, or to be honest, just a binary mm -hmm. number, something like that, to make it more efficient and getting more better for the interpretation of run of mm -hmm. the, the down runtime and things like that. And then we have to cope with um, things like uh, language setups, timing, like Unicode, for example, things like that, to to design a way how memory is handled, uh, things like that, memory optimization, how that works, mm -hmm. or how you can handle strings in a very limited memory environment, for example, and saying, okay, I have to make a way to say I have several strings in memory, for example, and then you have to remove them, I would say, Today, it's not a garbage collection, but it's more a memory optimization, defragmentation, I would call it, mm -hmm. that way, to get a more concise memory layout here, and get free memory some, somewhere. And then you have to make a, a setup and a, and a way and a design to make that possible without completely crushing the rest of, okay. of the implementation. Okay, yeah, so, cool. So you create even your own language? Yeah, completely from scratch, yeah. How it, definition. How, how it was called? Karl-Heinz? Uh, no, of course not. That was a company there. Um, that was an internal language called. It was called in a basic kind way, which supported some also with um, real-time stuff because we had really the, the need for supporting real-time uh, support because mm -hmm. they needed into 
some some industrial processes, something like that, to, for example, to control a printing machine or something like that at that time. And that was very challenging in many, many ways and learned a lot about very basic things about how a compiler works, how a translation works, um, how the, the code generation phases work and things like that and memory layouts and things like that and real-time works and on all that stuff. I learned a lot about at that time, yeah. Cool. What happens afterwards? So if it was done, you quit the assignment. Uh, yeah, I, I worked a lot, a longer time at that company and the, the, the thesis was really the theoretical part to describe mm -hmm. that, the requirements, put that down. And then uh, about a year, I have really implemented that, uh, what I designed really mm -hmm. down that. I had the challenge or the luxury to do that. And it was very interesting to see how that works and, and implement that between what you have thought in theoretical ways and then really implementing that. And then often you see, hmm, the idea was good, but that was not a good idea to do that that way because later on you see uh, that decision was not the right way to mm -hmm. do. So you have to change that to make a better implementation or faster implementation or you missed some points, of course, because you have not the time to think two or three or four years about something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's what's, what I've learned all, all over the time. Mm -hmm. That but, was interesting too. But how long did you stick with the company? So, what, what happens then? Uh, two years. Two years. Then I started. Um, I got after that, uh, after the thesis and my uh, examination in the, in the university. Uh, that was the first time I worked real full time at that time. Mm -hmm. And then I started to work off in some other companies in a in a consultant company, which I worked for an insurance company on a different level writing something if i correctly remember with still, uh still still c and still low level or or visual? oh no that at, at that time i started with uh visual basic okay. something like that on have i correctly remember that was always two if i correctly yeah remember we worked on that insurances yeah. and banks they they used these i uh, always to warp back then you remember yeah exactly that always to warp yeah that that was exactly and then we uh, created some supplemental stuff to support, I correct me, help files and into, how's that called, an OS2 IPF? I don't know. Okay. That converts, can, can be converted to Windows help files at that time. And, and that but way, I, that I mean, I don't think you started with interesting stuff, you know, with the machines and low level, and then you walked mm -hmm. to, to Visual Basic. I mean, yeah. Were you excited about Visual Basic or, or I mean, because, you know, back then you, you had, you know, the complete insight into machines and, you know, sensors and assembly. And then yeah. you are working with, uh, you know, Visual Basic. So what was your impression of Visual Basic? You enjoyed that or, I, I mean, just curious, you know, how this is completely different. Yeah. It's actually the opposite, yeah? In the, in, yeah, I would exactly. say in the computer space, Visual Basic and assembly are actually the the exactly counterparts, right? Yeah, in, in comparison to C C plus C C plus yeah. plus and or assembly, really assembly. What, you, what you mentioned earlier. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I started that job because at that time it was a little, little bit harder to get jobs, and so I had to decide because hmm, hey, was it harder? Okay, harder. When was it? Which year? At uh, two thousand. Oh, okay. You're you're something. right. Yeah, two thousand was harder. This was the you know the uh, yeah. Crash. Yeah, that you. was. To be honest, it was really hard to get a job because um, at that time um, I have written a lot of a lot of parts to to different companies to get a job. And that time I got that for that consulting company, and that worked, but not very long because 
we didn't really understand each other in mm -hmm. some different ways, only a half year or something, something. And then I changed to a different company, um, which is, I started there as a trainer to work with E, C++, PHP and things like that. Um, CVS at that time, started a little bit about configuration and build management at that time uh, with new make and make things like that, uh, a kind of Perl. Uh, I had made some some courses with, with Perl, things like that, and PHP, if I correctly remember, yeah, and CVS, something. And that was a consulting company as well. Um, we supported many, many different companies and worked at that. And that was interesting to learn about different things. Like at that time, I started with some kind of, ah, um, that was ClearCase. I started with ClearCase at ah, that time. You started at ClearCase to work for ClearCase yeah. company? No, no, we, ha we are a, a training company where we have consultants which work with companies with ClearCase. So oh, okay. I learned a lot about, a lot about, and sometimes I had be on, on customer side to do some training in ClearCase on okay, CDS or, uh, or Unix or something. We did some Unix courses, Perl courses and PHP courses. And that was interesting there. Mm -hmm. Okay. I learned a lot about, and to be honest, I learned about ClearCase things. Um, I would call it the dark side of, of, of configuration <laughs> management. I am allowed to say that. Okay. You like Star Wars? <laughs> There's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very good. So, uh, okay. Then it would be interesting. So Visual Basic, then ClearCase is co a consultant on what happened afterwards? Then I did as well in that company. I learned a lot of become, be, coming, become a part of a leader of, um, of an part of that area for, I would say a, a academy for learning several parts of, of different uh, consultants, which have to learn and to go to companies. And that time, that was more than a year. We started with um, a training materials with only a few courses, and then we tried to enhance that over a lot of courses to make more a broader offering for customers to get some courses, for example, ClearCase, EBS, PHP, okay. and something like that. And that was my my responsibility to do that. Over the time, I learned a lot, of course, from the other perspective, other management area. Yeah. I've done a lot of courses on my own, but um, I was responsible for that at that time. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, that company has struck down and get gets simply bankrupt because it, it wasn't getting the, the business model wasn't working very okay. well at that okay. moment. Uh, and that was brought on and that dropped down the, the company. And, and do you have any end. contact with Java back then? At that time, not that time. The first Java contacts coming later, if I correctly remember, 2004, five something. Okay, and how it happened? Oh yeah, there was something in between. There was uh, I worked as a uh, as a consultant with a longer time with PHP and Delphi and things like that, and mm -hmm. CDS as well. And we had a larger com larger companies which we are supporting because they had a large code base in Fortran. Okay. And they don't want to con con convert that because they invested so many, many, many times in that. And there was an idea how to get that into a working thing to bind that into PHP as a, as a library mm -hmm. to compile that into because you can compile C++ code and use that from PHP, for example. Mm -hmm. And that was the idea. And that we worked a long time, a half a year or something about that to get that into PHP 
because that Fortran parts were, I don't know, million lines of code because they wanted to slow that away. Mm -hmm. So I learned a little bit about that Fortran, except the time where I had practical exams at the university where I looked at Fortran at that time, but I learned a little bit of Fortran in detail. That was interesting, yeah. And then um, we did some assigned a kind of a proof of concept to get things looking. Is that possible? Could that get working or something like that? And the result was, yes, it was. But the company has decided not to continue that project on the, on the time. And then the problem was that the company which has supported that, that get bankrupted as well because uh, it was uh, a problem at that time that, um, how's that called, Insol insolvence? I don't know the, the, the English term for that. I, I don't know either, but uh, this is like ah, okay. bankrupt. This is like uh, the process yeah, exactly. of, of failing bankruptcy. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, then it's correct. Yeah. And then I had uh, a free time about two or three months completely. And, and then I was completely out of job. That mm -hmm. was a little bit hard because you are scratching on the doors on, on several and going to the official part. And that, that was this interesting time to learn what things have to be done because at that time I already was uh, in, in contact with my wife at that time and we already had a rent a flat and things like that and we had to pay our bills and things like that. That was a little bit hard at that time. Um, and then it was luckily only two or three months, if I correctly remember. Mm -hmm. But that time I had done, done a lot of that and, and then later I started with a different company uh, agency is something like that which has worked for um kind of um websites things like that uh cms systems things like that some some support for server solutions for different companies and it worked a lot longer time about two years if i correctly remember uh -huh. um and then I learned a lot about um things like i continue my my experience with php because Many of the things were, were done in PHP and Perl as, as well, things like that. MySQL, Postgres, Apache, if I correctly remember. Yeah, Apache. I learned a lot how Apache works at that time. Mm -hmm. Apache, HTTP server. Yeah. And I compiled that a lot of times on my own and things like that. That was an interesting time to learn that and do that on my own. Yeah. And that was interesting to, to learn that. And we made some solution for governments, things like that, kind of websites and things like that. That was the interesting part, yeah. Mm -hmm. And did you learn Java there? Uh, no, not that time. Coming a little bit later, then I started with Java. With How you next... started with Java? Oh, yeah, that was an interesting part. I worked in a company um, as a... At that time, I had some some different steps in between, small steps between that. I started to, at that time, at that uh, agency, I stopped that working because I don't like the job there at that company. I stopped with that. And then I started as a freelancer at that time, 2004. That okay. was my first time I'm, as a freelancer to work with that because of that, those problems I don't like to, I, I don't like to, um, but that's not the problem here. And then I started as a freelancer. I had some special small jobs in, in between with working with PHP and things like that. And then I started a larger uh, part, which was a little bit larger, and I worked at a bank in Stuttgart at that time as a freelancer already. Okay. And that was my real first real job because it was interesting. I tried to get an offer there. I 
made an, uh, an, an interview appointment at that time in Stuttgart. If I correctly remember, I drove down with, with, with a uh, train down there. I was there at 11 o'clock at that interview and gone back in, in, the, in the train. And a few minutes later, I started with the train. I got a call back. Uh, oh, that was on Thursday. And then they called me and say, okay, you will be the right person and uh, you can start on Monday for a year. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> I thought, ooh, that's hard. Okay. And then I have to talk with my wife at that time because, hmm, so that means over the, the weekend, uh, over the week I had to be on in Stuttgart instead of at home and things like that. Then coming home only at weekends. And that was the time I started with more or less detail on PHP. And during that time, we had some problems to do some testing with a SOAP implementation of that PHP application. And that was a large one where we implemented with PHP, SOAP interfaces, things like that, and many other things. And that was the time where we started <clears throat> with a testing tool to test that SOAP implementation based on configuration on Excel that time, if I correctly remember, mm -hmm. a long time ago. And then we started to use, with, I started with a colleague with some experience in Java at that time. And then I started really doing some of the first Java stuff at that time. That was the first time I got really in contact with Java in detail. But then you are a young Java developer. Uh, <laughs> In a kind of, yes, yes, I, yes, I am, yes. Got fresh yes, blood. <laughs> more, more or less fresh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm not really that young at that time, yeah. This was Java 2004, JDK 1.4, I think, right? Uh, no, if I correctly remember, or if I... Yeah, 1.4. Um, but I'm not... Yeah, I might be. Okay, yeah, I'm not sure at that time, yeah. Could be, yeah. And you like Java? Uh, the point was, at that time, if I correctly remember, it gives us the opportunity... To have already some unit testing frameworks. Um, what's that called? Uh, SOAP UI. This was no, no, SOAP. Yeah, that, that wasn't existing at that okay. time. If I correctly remember, J Web Unit or something. If I correctly remember, I don't know the name exactly, but mm -hmm. I'm I'm not sure. And that was the first time I get some contact with really doing some unit testing because mm -hmm. at that time PHP doesn't have a unit testing framework at all. Mm -hmm. um, and that was some of the problems we had to do some testing with that, with that stuff. And that was interesting thing. Then we did some, uh, there was some parts already written in Java. And then I come later, moved a little bit to Java in that time. And I started with things like Hibernate the first time, if I correctly remember uh, other things, I don't know. So you learned to hibernate. So you already learned Java. So you were okay. Yeah, that was the first time I used Java and hibernate. At that time, I can't remember that we wrote the XML files for describing the entity at that time. Yeah. Really yeah, and, and, and you like the... and you like Java or not? So what what is your impression of, of of this entire thing? To be honest, at that time, I'm not sure about that because uh, that was very early, and I can't, to be honest, can't really remember at that time. Okay. I, I what I liked was the part that I can really write good. Or to write unit, a good unit test is a different point of view yeah, from the sure. point of today. It's a little bit different, but um, that was really the the opportunity. Uh, actually, to write we could you could talk the entire podcast about how, of writing unit tests, you know, because what is a good unit test? No one knows. I yeah, would say. Exactly. It, it really depends yeah, exactly. whether whether I mean whether the unit what means good unit test, right? It depends whether we are writing an article or are, are in project. So this is actually two exactly. <laughs> two different points. Complete. Two, two different stories, of course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, okay. So, um, and you stick with Java? 
uh, yeah, then I stick more or less with Java and switched completely to Java at that time. I had some relationship with PHP based on, on my knowledge, of course, but I changed more and more to to uh, to the Java world at that at that time. Um, then I started some information about writing my own things, trying to do that, uh, and worked on on some companies with some collaboration solution. I don't know the name at the moment. Uh, we implemented some stuff, configured some stuff. Um, uh, how's that called? That was a very, very early stage of some kind of a source for a source forge in a more uh, smaller, smaller size there. And we wanted to implement that and make that in a kind of internal distribution platform for the company at that time. Wow. And there was many, many things involved like PHP, Java, um, installations, or RPM generations and all that stuff, which were, was really needed to do that. Um, and that was interesting to learn how that combination of the different tools, like uh, you have an access to a tool, you have to analyze that with bug tracker, things like that, which are today no big deal. But at that time, you have something integrated, a bug tracker into a complete platform with works and things like that. That was interesting to learn that and get some contact with uh, what does it called SVK subversion and things like that mm -hmm. and over the time and that was interesting to learn all at that time yeah mm -hmm. are you interesting so and, and and then oh yeah then there was a coming a big bank in Frankfurt where I started to work on a larger on a larger area you are based on in the, the, the near Frankfurt you no I'm I'm based in in Aachen Oh, okay. Very, so, okay. Uh, in the triangle of uh, Belgium, Netherlands, and Germany, okay. exactly, mm -hmm. in that location. Okay. And so I worked on a big company, and we started to make some application which is running for a, com a kind of um, calculation for um, cash flows on, on different things with large number of data sets, a large number, uh, really a big number. Uh, of, of data records, two or three million, if I correctly remember, per day and things like that. And that was the first time I get really in contact with the JEE at that time, J2E at that time. Um, and then we started really with, that was Java 1.5, the first time we started with an Hibernate and with annotations, if I correctly Yeah, remember. JPA maybe. That was mm -hmm. the JPA part, yes. That was, I don't know, the first beta version we started there at that time, yeah. Did it work? Uh, yes, it did work. Uh, we had to learn the usual thing. You start thinking about how to uh, optimize code, but of course, usually the problem is what you predict is not what it's really doing there in the, in the end. And uh, the problem was uh, I had made some bets with some colleagues, uh, and I bet what you think is the problem is not really the problem. I yeah. won that yeah. two or three times that bet. And then they started to really think how they could analyzed the problem and started to measure before they predict what, what was the problem here. Oh, I'll write that loop in a different way is something like that. That was usually not the problem. We had most of the time the problem with um, we are trying to get information from the database. And yeah, exactly. Locking, you know, transactions, this is always uh, the problem. Transaction or doing so many things in several steps instead of letting changing that with a simple cache or something like that, that is much more efficient than trying to figure out what the real problem was. Yeah, that, that was interesting to learn. And um, 
that was the most important thing I learned over the time, that predicting something, in particular on the hotspot in JVM, um, that you never really know or really not can predict what is faster in the end. Yeah. You need to do the real measurement. Anything else is useless. My strategy was always you know, write simple code and don't care. Yeah. And and if you write simple code, the chances are the highest that the JVM will manage to optimize your code. So this was exactly that was the point. I always said make first get correct code, make readable code, and then if you have really a performance problem, then check where it really is. Make do a measurement exactly, and then you can say, oh, that area I have to optimize in several ways or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I stick with Java, and uh, have you yeah. used Maven back then already? Yes, that was already Maven. Um, if I correctly remember, that was uh, we started several parts with with Ant. That was a time where we started with yeah, Ant, and I course. changed a lot over the time to start with Maven two at that time. If I correctly remember, yeah, yeah. So you d didn't have the experience with Jelly. You you remember Jelly? Uh, no, I had never used that Jelly at the moment. I know that that's a predecessor of. Um, Maven one, Maven, is, Maven, Maven one. Maven one. There was uh, Jelly. Was uh, this is actually executable XML language? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, I know. Yeah. I have made later time a migration project from Maven one to Maven two. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I know how it looks like. But that was that time we used already Maven two because we have hand scripts a lot of them and they were extremely large. Mm -hmm. um, not maintainable, to be honest, and and that was a big problem. Sometimes, and then I had the opportunity to migrate that to Maven two at the time, and they were very, very good. Interesting, interestingly, at the beginning of Java E, I um, ignored Maven completely because uh, Ant was really well supported by NetBeans, and it was faster. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I could uh, so Ant was way faster than Maven. So and I was always you know, interested in speed and fast deployments. And uh, then Maven, I was uh, Maven two. I switch later. I will have to. I actually wrote a post back then about why I'm using Ant and not Maven, and I have to look it up which year it was. But um, I use Maven later. But then I only use Maven. And also, funny thing is, because of Java E, um, Maven was always simple in my project, right? So I only had two dependencies, no plugins actually, never plugins, almost never. So I had uh, the simplest Maven projects. I was a huge Maven fan because it always worked in my case. I only had you know one provider dependency, and this basically was this was my this is yeah. my Maven story, right? Yeah, that's that's one of the things I had that well because many people are at that time realized we had. 60,000 lines of and build scripts. And the problem was, of course, if you do that over the time, you starting to work on conventions because uh, different mm -hmm. layout where the tests and things like that. And, and I suggested exactly that because Maven already did that at that time. And then they were astonished that it was that, that such that simple. It's much easier. It dropped down than the, the number of lines dramatically. Mm -hmm. And that makes it more simple, and to make it more simpler, that means also we could introduce that into a continuous integration. At that time, was Continuum Cruise Control? I can't really remember Continuum the name. Continuum was from exactly. Apache and Cruise Control, Ant Hill, yeah. Cruise Control. This and, one, or the big, yeah, exactly, Ant Hill, something like that. Yeah, I feel like I remember. Yeah, and that was the interesting thing uh, that made many things much more simpler. Yeah, Crucible. automatically running. Still, you remember Crucible? No, no, it came. It also was also a uh, continuous. Yeah. Uh -huh. I hadn't heard the name yet, yeah. but never used it. I have to look it up now. Just the name come. I think I used it once. But <laughs> yeah, Crucible, yeah, like exactly. Crucible was also okay. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. And um, I learned a lot over the time. We used Subversion and many people didn't understand Subversion at that time. We worked already with feature branches and many people at the beginning started to work on trunk-based, which mm-hmm. is today back in the time, but based on other requirements. And that was interesting to make really merging, but that was, to be honest, a real pain, to be honest, because you had to do that manually, everything manually. Uh, that was 1.3, 1.4, if I correctly remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was interesting to learn that. And the people were astonished that it works and it works that well. And we really done really with feature branches that works very well and stabilized the software over the time in a very good way. Because mm-hmm. people have always the problem, ah, you're breaking something because you checked in something on the, on the trunk and things like that. And exactly that drop that down. We have more or less a stable line and already built with branches at that time. That was interesting. Not automatically, more or less manual, but that worked. Yeah. It's, and how you became Maven Committer? Oh, that took a long, long time longer because there are some other companies in between where I worked and worked with Maven all the time, used that more or less in Eclipse and things like that, and then all the stuff with Subversion all the time. And, and Java took, as well, or no? Uh, both. I have used Java EE, and I use plain Java in, in several areas, mm-hmm. um, like... I correctly remember I've done some implementation of web services with standard Java, Java 1.5, uh-huh. 6. I'm not sure at that time. Uh, also with Hibernate and things like that, some SOAP interface with Access 2, if I correctly remember, but that was mm-hmm. the time where we used that. And then we used Tomcat mm-hmm. 5, 6. I don't know exactly the number. And then we started already with some CI solution at that time, Hudson. And then we continued that with different things and a small project in between where I have to do the migration between Maven 1 to Maven 2, things like that. And if I correctly remember, then I come to a large company. I can name it Deutsche Börse in in Frankfurt. And that was the first job as a freelancer where I'm allowed to contribute to open source. And that was the time where I started a little bit. The problem was that we should create RPMs in that time. Mm-hmm. And there was only one uh, plugin, the RPM Maven plugin from the Mojo host today. Uh, and then I started to use it because I needed to do that because we had some C++ code and Java code we need to, to deploy and things like that. And I found, obviously, some issues in the RPM Maven plugin at that time. And then I had... Ask my, my manager there if it is okay, because I have found some problems which prevented us from continuing. And then he said, if you don't give something internally outside, if it's something of the tools we are using, then you are allowed to contribute there. And you do that in your working time perfectly. That was really amazing for me. Great and manager, then, right? Uh, exactly, because they realized what is really up to. And if you think, it was about 2010, something yeah. mm-hmm. around that time. And then I started to give some issue recordings at that time and things like that. And it started to producing some patches over the time. And the interesting thing was that there was on, on the other side, a real amazing guy at that time. And he realized, okay, there is really bug in there. And the first time I d- did that and within two hours, I had a new version because he integrated in my patch and get, get a new release out there and I could continue my work. And that, did over 
three or four days because always I'm testing that and seeing, oh, there was a problem. I fixed that. I found the problem in the source code and things like that. And over the time, it comes more and more. And after hey, hey, a week... For, for this, what you're explaining right now, you actually save time because you didn't have you know, to maintain your own fork. You, you contributed the stuff. So Maven became be better. And the Deutsche Börse saved actually a lot of money because uh, they could just use vanilla open source. They didn't have you know, to maintain <laughs> someone internally to, to, to manage exactly. their fork. So actually, this was a huge win-win situation, right? Everyone won. Of course it was. Yeah. It, of course it was. Exactly. That was really amazing part for me. And on the other hand, the other guy was amazing too because he Who was produced... It? If he's amazing, um, you have to name it. I have to find out the name. I'm not yeah, I will put it to show remember notes. The name. We will, we will, yeah. uh, we will find will the amazing guy, and you send me a mail later, so I will put it yeah, to the show. Definitely, notes. I would do yeah. so. Yeah, because and after a week or so, uh, there, there's coming back a mail to me privately and said, "Hey, it's really good. Yeah, you're doing so so many patches and working on. But to be honest, I'm tired of doing that on my own. What about?" If you do that on your come and commit on that area here mm -hmm. on Mojo House and to do that on your own, I said, oh yeah, sure. And then I do that for a half a year or longer, and it's coming more and more over the time in that area. I started to work on several of them and things like that. It took some some time, yeah. And then after two three years at 2013 or something, uh, Robert Schulte. Because uh, he, I already knew him over the, the Mojo House at that time because I fixed several of the plugins over that at time. I don't know, assembly plugin, versions plugin, many of them in the, in the meantime. And he started to say, hmm, what do you think about becoming Maven committer? Because you know already the, the ecosystem, how it works, how to write plugins and things like that. And he invited to be, me to become a Maven committer at that time because I already produced some, some issue recordings for Maven plugins, things like that, and already produced some pull requests for that at that time. Yeah. And then I started, that was in 2013, in December, and then I was invited to become a Maven committer at that time. That was my, my journey to becoming a Maven committer at that time. Yeah, that's a great news. So it means if I can, you know, convince you, you can commit whatever I like, right? So uh, I would say theoretically, yes, <laughs> but in practical, no. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to talk with you and with Robert Scholter in the future, no? To, uh, to be honest, yeah, in theory, yes, but you have to be, you have to be clear. If I commit something on, on, on Maven, whatever plugin or Maven core itself, if I commit something, anyone else is on the mailing list will see what I commit. And mm -hmm. if I'm doing something really bad, something will rec recognize that and will mail me to me, of course. Yeah, yes, of course. of course. I did some, some issues. Of course, I produced something, some a problem on a, on a branch. But already someone read that and said, mm, there was a problem in there. Yes, of course, you're right. Good Which cash, is a good thing. This is why source is open, right? Open source. Uh, not only the open source, that one, because if you commit something there, there is a mailing list automatically that every commit is automatically transferred to everybody who is subscribed to that mailing list. And then all the committers are subscribed to that mailing list and can look what is doing going on on the, on the commits on the different repositories because the Maven project has about 100 repositories in the end. And mm -hmm. uh, so you don't look at, at, at each of the repositories. So you get a more condensed view of what is happening on the different repositories. Then you can see, oh, there is something happening. Oh, there is something going on and see what, what is going on. Oh, that, that idea is coming up and things like that. Yeah. It's a kind of a, a synchronized review process in okay. a way. 
And uh, are you still freelancer right now? Yes, I'm still freelancer. And what are you doing? Uh, mainly Maven or? No, I'm really working at projects, really doing development work. I would call it DevOps today, really some development and operations like installation, continuous integration. Yes, Maven, of course I do. Really implementing Java code, Java 11 at the moment, where the project I'm working with a, with a large project and really working on, on the code uh, with databases, testing, integration testing, and end-to-end -end testing, all, all that stuff here is working. Okay, so yeah, but basically, that. like me, Java consultant and, 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 and developer, right? So Yeah, I would say so, yeah, exactly, yeah. So interesting. That's, that's now, now the suggestion, because I wanted to talk with you specifically uh, about Maven, and um, mm -hmm. it, it was too interesting, you know, uh, so it took longer. I would like to re-invite you back. And then we have only have to talk about Maven. My idea is not about Maven, something we had already chat you know, uh, before. Maybe feature branches, maybe you know about uh, whatever you like, about DevOps, continuous integration, about maybe unit, uh, quality of unit tests, just, just you know, a chat. And to have a chat, mm. what do you think about this? Oh, that would be great, yeah. And then we just Why focus not? on these topics I mentioned right now. And uh, because it's um, going to be too long. This one. Uh, Maven would be interesting, and maybe about the development of Maven, what is going on yeah, at the sure. moment. Because, this is, yeah. for example, there always is a good, freestyle. Good you know me right now, right? No agenda. Other is going to be boring. No agenda. This is the main main uh, Airhex FM, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this were the topics. Um, what interests me from you is, uh, of course, Maven. I have specific ideas about Maven plugins relations. We had already the chat last year, I think. And then, you know, we can have a chat about unit testing, integration testing, DevOps, and continuous integration. Because if you are working with it, I'm working with it, I'm always curious about, you know, fresh ideas and opinions. And mm -hmm. you are a young Java developer, so uh, I'm really curious, you know. <laughs> cool. Where people can find you, how they can hire you, uh, and uh, give me your Twitter and, and GitHub, whatever you have. Uh, all of them, Twitter, K-H-Marbez, K-H-M-A-R-B-A-I-S-E, uh, mm -hmm. and that the same on GitHub or on Xing, on uh, LinkedIn or something. Just exactly. put in my name in the search, search engine and you will find me. Your Definitely. first name is uh, is actually uh, straightforward, Karl-Heinz. Your last name, I, I thought, is this Marbezi or Mar Marbez? Mar to be correctly pronounced Marbez because it's becoming from, from Belgium, Belgium-speaking or French-speaking. Okay. Uh, but it's written with AI in, instead of EI. For okay, example. perfect. Yes. I will put it to show notes anyway. So, um, thank you. Was a pleasure. Thank you. And I would really have we. I have to reinvite you back to take to talk about you know the uh, the Maven actually. What 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 was actually planned? Yeah, sure. Yeah, very very appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bye. Very nice. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>